As far as our calendar is concerned, Easter provides what might be the most teachable moment to share the gospel with our family and our friends and those around us. So on this episode of In the Meanwhile, we'll talk about how to do just that. So stay tuned. You're listening to In the Meanwhile with Les and Paige Hughes, where every episode helps you apply God's word to your daily life especially while waiting for God's answers to prayer as you wait for Him in those meanwhile moments. Remember, God is good all the time. Now here's Les and here's Paige. Hello, thank you again for joining us for another episode of In the Meanwhile. We are Les and Paige Hughes, and we started In the Meanwhile podcasts in order to help people know what God's doing in the meanwhile, or some might say behind the scenes. In other words, how he's at work, especially when we can't see him. And so we wanted to talk for a few minutes about some ways that we over the years have uh, chosen to share the gospel particularly through the season leading up to and including Easter. And you talk about a meanwhile moment. Meanwhile, when Jesus died on the cross, you know, it looked like a really, really bad and sad time. But meanwhile, other things were going on. And where humans wept, God rejoiced because what he had sent his son to do was complete. Some of Jesus's last words on the cross were, it is finished. And I can just imagine the celebration in heaven as the sun breathed his last because it was the beginning of a victorious resurrection. And my goodness, if we as believers can't rejoice at Easter, something's wrong with us, Doc. <laughs> Yeah, that is the ultimate meanwhile moment. So, boy, how the tables turned in just literally in the time of a few hours, where during that the darkness of Friday and Saturday, how Satan and all of his uh, minions must have been rejoicing because for, from what they could perceive, the, the Prince of Heaven was dead and was gone and in the tomb. And during that time, God and the angels just waited. And then on that third day, just like you said, how all of heaven rejoiced. And Lord only knows literally what could have gone through the devil's mind at that point when he had been done and defeated once and for all. You know, it brings us all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, where the curse came on man. And because of our disobedience, uh, the Lord cursed us and cursed Adam and Eve with the the hard toil of, of laboring and even having children. But to that serpent, he talked about how it would strike the heel of man, and yet man would crush his head. And all the way back then, God already knew the plan. Not only that, God even then was preparing his children for what one day would transpire. So in the meanwhile, between Genesis and the actual resurrection of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, God was preparing his people. Not only that, 
he was teaching his people to prepare their children. And Deuteronomy chapter 6 records that. Les, why don't you read that for us? Yeah, it really begins with the Shema that Hebrew people would have recited at least every day. And that begins by, and really was echoed by Jesus as uh, the most important commandment of all. So Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. And then it goes on and says, You shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. That's pretty much all the time. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. You know, from cover to cover, God's command to us was to go and tell, to tell our children, to tell our families, to tell our neighbors. And the Easter season is a perfect time to do that. And so we just want to talk to you a few minutes about seizing the moment when it comes to this Easter celebration. And many of you may already be participating in what is called Lent, where many people um, give up for the 40 days leading up to that resurrection celebration, something in honor of the fact that God gave up so much in sending his son Mm -hmm. and Jesus gave up so much on the cross for us. And so there are many teachable moments during this time. Uh, Les and I, we've, we've done many things through the years. And one of the major things that, especially over the last few years that I have done is I've created and made crosses and I've sold those to be able to go on mission. But the cool thing about those crosses, they go in the yard, they're about five foot tall, but the purpose of them wasn't just for the money to be able to go on mission. It was a great opportunity for families to be able to talk about the resurrection story. And so during the days leading up to Easter, you put the cross in your yard. And for the days leading up until uh, Friday, the day of his death and burial, the cross is draped in a purple drape. And that purple drape represents the, the royalty and the, the fact that Jesus was King of kings and Lord of lords even before he was born. When he chose to take on human form, one of my favorite um, parts of the Christmas carols is when it says, Jesus, Lord at your birth. You see, he never lost his royalty even as a a babe in a manger. And so as we drape that cross with that purple, it's a great reminder of who he is. And then on the day, uh, that Friday, that we remember his death and burial, there's a black piece of material that goes on that cross. And from Friday until Saturday night, that black stays on there. But on Sunday morning, we take that white piece of 
material, uh, excuse me, the black piece of material off and we replace it with white because it was no longer a time of mourning, but it was truly a time of celebration. Mm. And, you know, if you've been around a while like we have, you may remember a time when they taught some of these things or at least observed some of these things in the school that you attended. And maybe you've even felt some frustration because this is one of those holidays throughout the year now that in most public sectors, you won't hear much of it at all. It's not emphasized or talked about. Can I just ask you to change your perspective a little bit on that? And we can we can be glad that that's the case because, listen, you don't want, this is one of those things you don't want to delegate. You, we don't want some government agency or another uh, group of people teaching the next generation about the significance of this, what, what we celebrate in the resurrection or the life of Jesus. We don't, we don't want anyone putting a different kind of spin on this. This is something that is our responsibility, followers of Jesus, the church, Christian families. So I hope that you'll approach this season with a sense of excitement and anticipation. And I will promise you that if that's your perspective and if that's the environment in your home, your kids of all ages absolutely will pick up on that. And so what we're talking about now are really just some ideas we haven't done every single one of these every single year. Paige, you're so creative in, in coming up with different ideas to get the senses involved, especially for kids. So it'll be the eyes and touch and colors and t even taste and different kinds of senses. Those are the sorts of things that we wanted to talk with you about. Yeah. You know, um, when the kid, our kids were really young, we didn't have a whole lot of money. And one year I really just prayed, Lord, give me a creative way to share with our kids, but also with the kids in our neighborhood about the Easter story. And uh, that year I had really felt led to have a Easter egg hunt at our house. And I know that lots of churches have Easter egg hunts as well, but I believed that God wanted me to do with the, that with the neighbor's in our community. And so I knew there were some uh, families that were believers, but I knew there were a lot that were not and did not attend church anywhere. So some of the ones that I knew were believers, I got together with them and we began to plan. And so one lady, um, old school, she had a flannel board. And so she had all of the characters of the Easter story. And she told the Easter story using that flannel board. I had chosen to get this stuff and make resurrection eggs with the kids. And so I had verses of scripture that I had printed out. And in the notes um, to, in today's broadcast, we will put this uh, resurrection eggs, the uh, homemade variety, and the verses that we used with them. They're actually located in the book Party with Purpose that I wrote some years ago. But here's what I did. I, I had everything from a piece of, of uh, paper that had perfume on it, talking about how Jesus was anointed by Mary, um, even you know before his his uh, or crucifixion. That was the first egg. The second egg had two portions of small little pieces of cracker. 
because it reminded the kids of the Lord's Supper when Jesus told his disciples what was going to happen. The third thing that was in there was a little piece of paper that said, Abba, Father, because it was a reminder that even before Jesus was arrested, he was praying to his Father in heaven and asking him, if there could be any other way, let this cup pass from me. But there wasn't another way. God had chosen this path, and Jesus chose to do his Father's will. Another egg had three dimes in it because um, Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And so those dimes represent that. There was a feather in one because that represented that even before the rooster crowed, Peter had already denied him three times. There was a piece of purple fabric, um, or even you could even put a thorn in there to represent how Jesus was mocked, and they were making fun of the king, the true king of kings. There was a small nail in one, and that nail represented what happened to Jesus on the cross. There was a white piece of cloth, because when they took him from the cross, they wrapped him in that white cloth. There was cinnamon and cloves in one. The smells of spices, because that's what they were coming to put on his body. When they got to the tomb, though, the next one had a rock in it because the stone that had been in front of the tomb was rolled away. And then the next one was an empty egg because the tomb was empty. And then the last egg was a piece of cotton that kind of looked like a cloud. Because Jesus, once he had walked on the earth, ascended into heaven. Now, those resurrection eggs gave us opportunity to tell the story a second time, not just a flannel board. And the cool thing about it was one of the kids in the neighborhood, when we talked about how many of you would like to know more about Jesus, that little boy raised his hand and we began to take that little boy to church with us, he prayed to receive Christ, all because of a mama that just felt like God was leading her to have an Easter egg hunt. How much do you really know about heaven? Will we have physical bodies there? And what will we do all day long? To test your heaven IQ, take the quiz at meanwhileministries.com forward slash Heaven Quiz. Again, that's a free quiz at meanwhileministries.com forward slash heaven quiz. And if you really want to get out of your comfort zone a little bit, you can egg a neighbor's house. <laughs> so when I was a teenager, that meant one thing that that's a subject for a different podcast. But now what you can do is actually do this for now. We want to do it with a neighbor that, that would receive it well, like our friend that Paige just mentioned. But you could actually, if you know someone that would receive this well, you can go over and just an act of kindness, you can put eggs around um, these these empty eggs with the art, articles in, in them, those items in them, and use it as a, as a gospel witness. Yeah. Whenever we egged a house, I put a note on the door that said, your yard has been egged. Your house has been egged, actually, is what it said. It was in the shape of an egg. And then I said... There are 12 resurrection eggs in your yard. Open them one through 12 
and find the Easter story. And it was so cool because I had people calling saying, oh my word, that is the coolest thing. That is the coolest thing. But it was a great way again, just to share the Easter story. And God has just, um, less would probably tell you, I'm so creative mind, creatively minded, but sometimes I'm no earthly good. But I really believe God gives me creative ideas because the message sometimes just has to take on different forms. So whether you're doing the eggs as a party or egg in a friend's yard, no matter what you're doing, the whole idea is to share the story. And as you share that story, there, there, there's got to be, because you're sharing God's word, it's not going to return void. Um, the other thing I want to make sure that, that we don't just stop at the death. You know, the death and burial, that's an important part. But it is nothing if Jesus doesn't come back from the dead. So that is why it is so important to continue the story to the fact of the resurrection. Yeah, and just as you, at some point in time, probably have a family tradition where you all gather around a chair or someone maybe at the table, at the dinner table, and you read the Christmas story together, we would encourage you at some point to make as your family tradition at Easter time to read that resurrection story together. So just go to the end of the, you know, it's, it's bookends, right? So go to the end of the gospel, the gospel of Matthew, for example, and just talk through that story and talk about the reality of Jesus being alive today. He's alive today. And um, that's a glorious thing to experience with your family, no matter what the ages are. Well, we wanted to share with you just as we sort of wrap this up, what's one of the most, if not the most memorable Easter that we experienced as a family. Yeah. When our oldest son was about five or six years old, he had for some time been telling us that, you know, he felt like God was speaking to him. He knew that he was a sin, that he had done bad things, even though his bad things weren't much more than disobedience to us or not telling the truth and things. But he knew that that did not please God. And so on Easter Sunday morning, when he was just a young man, he turned around and he looked at me and he said, Mama, I want to be saved. I want to ask Jesus into my heart. And right there on the pew in his brand new Easter outfit, he and his daddy prayed to receive Christ. You know, it's an Easter that we'll never forget, but it's a reminder to me consistently of the importance of telling this story because without the cross, there is no hope of eternity. But because of the cross, because of the resurrection, we can know for certain that we will spend eternity in heaven with those who have claimed that faith in Christ Jesus. So that, that's a great way for us to, to wind up this podcast, Doc. Yep. Well, look, just as always, if you'd, we'd love to hear from you. So you can go to just uh, search Meanwhile uh, Ministries or Meanwhile Moments on uh, Facebook. 
and you can share with us any thoughts you have there, or you're welcome to email us or go to our uh, websites. So pages is pagehughes.com. Mine is lesshughes.com. We've each got uh, different kinds of resources on there from what we've shared. And then also meanwhileministries.com. If you'd like to share a link and share this podcast with people that you know. Won't you just wind it up with a prayer, would you? Sure. Be glad to. Lord, our families hurt so bad mm-hmm. with just trying to find a way to make you known to our children, to those we love, and even to neighbors that we care so strongly about. Father, I pray that through this, the ideas we've shared and others maybe we didn't even begin to touch, God, that you would begin to work in the lives of these families to be able to know what is it that you want them to do. And then when you speak your word to them, Lord, help them to be intentional and obedient to do what you're asking them to do. Lord, whether it is to have a party in their own home or even have a, um, like I, I talked to a group today, a uh, an evening egg hunt with glow-in-the-dark eggs, reminding people that Jesus is the light of the world, that you came to a dark place, Father, and you shed the light of the gospel. Oh, Jesus, give us eyes to see what you would like us to see and give us words to share when the time is right. Mm -mm. And in the end, Lord, we thank you that because of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can know you hear our prayers and one day, Father, we'll be with you in heaven. We give you glory and honor and praise, not just at Easter, but every other day of the year, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We really do appreciate every single time that you take a few minutes to listen to these episodes. So thanks for joining us and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to In the Meanwhile. Be sure to visit MeanwhileMinistries.com for the show notes and all links mentioned in this episode. And while you're there, check out our free resources for encouragement and hope as you wait for the Lord's leading and provision in your life. Remember, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength.